0: This one's for my crafters, my makers, and our handmade candle makers. I mean, I guess technically you could do stationery or anything really fun. It's for makers. Let's go and chat. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Purr. Now let's get to it. Oh, welcome back by Inbox Besties. Kate Doster here of KateDoster.com, and I'm super excited to be in your ear holes today. I know that we've switched to a bi-weekly release schedule while I am loving up all of the new listies inside of Love Your List. Oh my goodness, the things that they are creating, y'all. I think I might have to have a special bonus episode at some point just to tell you about all the products the listies are creating because it is just above and beyond. So today's episode is actually an interview that we had recorded last year, but for some reason I don't know why I didn't publish it because we're literally interviewing two of my favorite people. Like I have never met somebody online short of maybe Lady Lamar. I have never met two people that I've connected with so fast ever. And it is the wonderful Elizabeth and Cammie from the biz birthday bash podcast. So they actually specialize in helping makers because that's actually their background. So, like Cammie. She is a watercolor artist. We actually talk about horses a little bit in here, and she got her start in wedding stationary design. And then we have Elizabeth who helps. She is a calligrapher. She also did wedding invitation designs and so much more. And so as part of my profit diversity sort of series that we have in here, because there's more than one way to make a dollar. I thought having these ladies on here are just so such a wealth of knowledge because I know not all of you necessarily who listen to this want to create digital products, or maybe you're thinking of starting even a side hustle to your side hustle, or you have a friend. So I really wanted to showcase entrepreneurs and different ways that they make money. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the biz birthday bash podcast, because I absolutely love it. They do Q and a episodes, but they call them the Q and cake episodes. So I absolutely love that. Cami, technically at this point, she's on maternity leave because she had a baby, which is really great. But Elizabeth has been bringing on some guest hosts to help like answer some questions and do some things like that. So again, if you are an artist, 100% you need to be following them and listening to their podcast. I go on and on and on and on, but I think that I will let the two ladies and myself take it away. All right. Could you say your names for me? This is Elizabeth.
1: And this is Cammie.
0: Okay. All right guys. So like I was saying in the intro, I absolutely fell in love with this dynamic duo that what I'm about to interview and it's the first time ever that I've interviewed two people on the podcast. But I was just on their show. We were interviewing for the Biz Birth, the Biz Birthday Bash podcast and I just Oh, they're just the coolest ladies ever. So (laughs) as I was like gloating about you for like five minutes and how great of an experience it is meeting you guys, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves and your individual businesses and the one that you guys run together?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I can tell a little bit of our mutual story first and then we can kind of do like individual introductions as well. But we actually met in a Facebook group in the fall of 2016 and we bonded over the fact we had gone full-time on the same day a few weeks earlier. So completely unexpected. We had no idea. I think it was just a conversation in the Facebook group about who was full-time, who was working towards it. Anyways, we connected. And so after building a friendship long distance via text, DM, FaceTime, all the things, we met in person in Savannah to celebrate our first business anniversaries in 2017. And during this, we hosted our first Biz Birthday Bash in the form of a free webinar. More than 500 people signed up to attend, and that weekend, Biz Birthday Bash was officially born. Yes, the name did stick. (laughs) (laughs) And since then, we've offered creative paper people resources that help make Biz Strategy a piece of cake. Uh, We are the creators and hosts of the Stationer Summit and the A to Z Directory membership. So... That's a little bit about us individually, but we also run our own businesses. So it's even crazier. (laughs) It's a whole darn
1: lot. There's just a lot going on. But yeah, Biz Birthday Bash is our business together. Um, What makes it really fun too is that since we both have our separate businesses actually in the industry, we're like in the weeds with everyone we're talking to. So we're like, we're your peers, but also we can tell you all the things. So it truly is like the community over competition kind of mindset over here and we just love it. Um, so, okay. So you wanted to know about our individual businesses too, right, Kate? Yes,
0: I do. <laughs> okay.
1: okay, perfect. So I'm Cami. Um, my business is Cami Monet, and it really is my real name. It's so awkward announcing it because it just seems like it should be a business name. Anyway, I digress. I'm a watercolor <laughs> artist, and I um, have a stationery shop with all kinds of paper goods and party wear, and I also do custom stationery as well. Um, all of my stuff is very colorful, lots of puns, just a big party over here. You know, it's all good. Um,
2: and Elizabeth, you can go ahead and talk about yours. (laughs) Yeah. My business is Eliza Ann Calligraphy. And then more recently in the past year or so, just dropped it to Eliza Ann. So originally, I mean, I really headed out into the world to try to do wedding invitations for high-end luxury clients. But I think I've done a little pivot since then and decided that might not be the route for me long term. So I've actually helped a couple people in the wedding industry now build their online courses. So I've fallen into more of like a course management path within my business. I'm not even really like openly advertising that very much because two clients is plenty. Um <laughs> So we'll see if I add more in the future, but I am also having a ton of fun experimenting with my Glowforge recently, which is a laser cutter, trying to make some fun products, trying to maybe get some wax seals in-house. I've had a line for years that I've partnered with the company for. So I, I like to say that I'm like always exploring kind of for the next best thing, if you will. I'm, I'm always changing. It's kind of like what interests me most in the moment
0: absolutely love this and now you guys can see why i had them on the podcast one because they're not just in the traditional like b2b space like yes obviously biz birthday bash like it's there but like they're actual like makers and they're just like me with creatives like we can't sit still so it's like everything because a monetizable hobby let me try this the laser printer so uh-huh. before we go any forward i want to make sure that i get everyone's pronouns right because i do think that being inclusive and mindful of that is really important so what are your pronouns so i make sure that i say them correctly
2: Yes, Elizabeth and she and hers.
1: Okay, my pronouns are actually none. Please do not refer to me. I'm just kidding. Um, my pronouns are she and
0: hers as well. Yeah, like, no,
1: do not talk <laughs> about me ever. No, I'm just kidding. Guys.
0: <laughs> I like, you know, we don't want to tell you. how dare you refer to me by my full name. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Like, and again, now you can see why I just love these ladies so much. And of course, we're gonna have links. <laughs> to their non-B2B shops as well. Cause I know everyone's like, Ooh, let me see like their click face stuff. And can I see the watercolor and the station areas? So we are definitely <laughs> going to have links there. And why I wanted to bring you guys on, well, I mean, there's a million things we could have chatted about, but it was actually on their podcast on the Biz Birthday Bash podcast. They have these really cute Q and cake episodes. So it's like Q and A episodes that so they have it with a podcast. And one of them was about how to start incorporating more educational content into your maker creative business without ostracizing like your audience. So we're definitely going to talk about that. But I'm going to put both you ladies on the spot. Not about the biz birth, the biz birthday bash pie. I know it's such a mouthful, Kate. You guys. I know. I know you guys love BBB. That's
2: <laughs> I would BBB say BBB, but
0: we have BBB for the back to business bundle. Wow. You guys will be triple B, I guess the triple B, right? (laughs) I know that you guys just have so much fun over there. So there's no, like, there's no tea to spill about that, but I would love to know in your individual businesses, have there ever been moments where you're just like, I'm done. Like I want to throw in the towel. I want to, you know, just drive Uber. And again, there's nothing wrong with that or going to McDonald's. Just, I don't want to be my own boss anymore type of scenario. I'd love to hear both of your stories.
2: Uh, yes, I'm happy to share because I have a few like immediately off the top of my head. And quite honestly, like if you have been in the space of being just self-employed in general for more than a year, if you haven't had one of these moments, I mean, really what is going on? So (laughs) I think everyone eventually is going to experience this to some degree. I mean, one of them was of course, last year, 2020, when everything started shutting down and I was just, mainly doing a lot of wedding stuff at that point. So I was like, what is happening? I actually did a stint where I went back and worked at Publix. Um, I needed to be able to get out of the house and get my feet back underneath me. And literally Kate, like what I said was right now, I just don't wanna be my own boss. Like exactly the way you had phrased the question. I was like, I don't wanna do this right now. I can't even think about what I need to do each day. So I'm going to go um, be hired somewhere, somewhere else. And I loved it for the two and a half months that I did it. I loved it. And then it was like, I felt refreshed and better. So it's like, okay to take a break. Um, and then one other time specifically that I can think of, and Cammy probably remembers this too, because I called her like, sobbing in tears probably the fall of 2018 and i had kind of landed my first like really really big wedding invitation client and there were just a couple things that little bumps in the road along the way well we finally got through the invitations they were beautiful um and there was a map that i needed to have done for her for the welcome weekend There was a miscommunication with the printer that I had used. So they thought they needed to deliver it to me the day of the wedding, even though I was like, no, that's when I needed to give it to the client. So I literally had to like bust my butt around town to find someone to print it that day so I could like drive it to her house. And I was I was gonna drive like five hours to the wedding venue if I had to. And I was like, what am I even doing? I don't wanna do this anymore. There was also shenanigans with her save the date because there hadn't been enough postage put on a square save the date because square envelopes need more postage. Any one fun fact of the day? Who's not in the stationary industry? <laughs> Very important fun fact. Not so fun fact. Actually, she's like,
0: you should have seen her eyes lit up. She's like, oh my goodness, yes,
2: <laughs> yes, and and so I I remember that just that first like really big client I think was such a push and a stretch for me and I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and I like made it through. But yeah, those are those are a couple of my moments, and I'm sure Cammy has had some. Maybe not as like wild, but I know she's had some what Elizabeth you know I have like one every week I feel like
0: <laughs> there's you're not one wrong if you don't have an existential crisis every day every, <laughs> there's one
2: specifically modern- yeah there's one specifically I can think of Kami that okay, I guess we'll see if you listen, tell
1: it there is one that is so specific and so well known it literally has its own hashtag within our industry and like everyone knows about it <laughs> This <laughs> is like anyway, it's hashtag horse gate. If you know, you know. But um what it comes down to really, every time I have this point where and I don't say I'm gonna go work at McDonald's or fast food, I always say I'm gonna go work at Lululemon Like that's my like that's it. I'm just gonna wear leggings all day. I'm gonna get the discount. Finally, it's gonna be great. So uh, this was like my Lululemon moment. Um, so it, um when the bride decided that the horse that I painted for her, which was a photo of her horse, like didn't. Have its head turned the right way because horses can only turn their head the other way obviously if you don't know this i mean i'm just kidding guys it's this whole thing about the horse not looking right and it was literal perfection okay i'm not just saying that but i like painted exactly to look like a photo and she's like well you should have known i didn't want it to look like the photo and i'm like how would i have known that unless you communicate it anyway it was this whole shenanigans the planner got involved and they were like you don't want to make this Mr. So and So angry. He's not nice when he's angry. I'm like, is this a threat? What is happening? Like, it was a whole thing. There's a lot of a lot of emotions within the wedding industry. So anyone who has worked with any kind of wedding clients probably has this moment with every job because there are so many details to keep track of. There are so many people involved. The emotions are super high. Um, so there's a lot more pressure. But that is like my most famous one I guess it's honestly just like a joke in our industry at this point like I get tagged in horse memes all the time <laughs> like, <laughs> when I tell you this thing is like lasting um and then oh, the, like she, the miniature ones would just be she you gave get you like a
0: picture wait hold on what'd you say Kate I was gonna say so she gave you the picture I know nothing about horses right so she gave you well, the I do just say, like of the horse <laughs> looking left and then she was mad when the horse looked left because yeah. you did the mirror image of it and she wanted it to look right
1: she was like actually I don't like this photo he looks weird and unnatural I'm like this is a photo she's like well horses don't do that I'm like but here's a photo of him doing that so anyway
0: oh my, least, so she gave it was a photo like, she hated that's great.
2: yeah so think about cool. like how if you're angled and silhouetted your head kind of goes out like it, it was as if the horse was turning to sniff its like, shoulder, being sassy like ooh, <laughs> yeah it was kind of like looking over his <laughs> yeah. shoulder and so <laughs> Cammy painted it that way and she didn't like that so then Cammie was like freaking out and I actually photoshopped it for her. Oh yeah. Cam- and there's like a gif too. I mean, like a little gif of it,
1: like shaking its head back and forth. <laughs> um, and the whole thing is like, I always, it sounds so stupid and so petty, like all these instances for sure. But like in the moment, it is like the most dramatic film thing ever. <laughs> and right now mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's a horse. And also the way I would have handled it now would have been much different than like you know, two, three years ago when you're just like, everything's an issue when you're trying to figure out your policies and your business and how, how to work with people. And now I just be like, all right, whatever, I'm going to charge you an extra million dollars. So it's fine, (laughs) which is how I handle it now.
0: (laughs) Right. Cause just about to ask like, oh, how would it be different? And do you think that it is the reason why you would handle it different now rather than then is because like you have the confidence and potentially the revenue behind it to be like, disrupting this person? Or is it just like, no, like it's the confidence. Like I know it was their fault.
1: Yeah. I mean the confidence and then also just like not being afraid of the client. Like I know I'm the one steering the ship and be like, well, this is how we're going to do it. This is what my contract says, X, Y, Z versus then I'd be like, whatever you need me to do to please you. Like that whole mentality got, got me in a lot of trouble when I was first starting up my business. Um, And now it's made me a lot more money because when I have Crazy clients like that because they still come along. I'm able to, you know, handle the the, um, the process a lot easier and be like, yeah, that's fine. Then we can totally do that. It's outside the scope. Here is how much it's going to cost if you want to make that happen. And most of the time, they're like, you know what? It actually looks fine. But there are still the times where they're like, yeah, we'll keep paying. We'll keep paying until it's right, which is which is fine. So everybody kind of wins on that end. <laughs>
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. And so I know that this isn't the scope about what we're actually talking about here in this interview, but I'm guessing, especially in the wedding industry, really any industry guys, make sure that you have somebody looking over your contracts. Because I'm sure now, even when you say that it's out of scope, like you've got the terms and conditions and agreements that they had. It's like, you signed this, this is on you. (laughs)
1: Yeah. All these instances kind of led to us creating our own stationary contract made for Mm -hmm. stationers, uh, made for stationers, by stationers, because there are so many of these crazy specific instances that some contracts just wouldn't even know what to cover. And we're like, yeah, we put it in their contract because we've experienced all of them. So here's what to do in this situation. So a little shameless plug for our um, stationary contract.
0: (laughs) We are definitely going to link it in the show notes because I think that it's just Again, it just goes to show you guys, and I'm thinking it for all of us course creators, especially as we're sort of pivoting. I was trying to think like, what does a horse do? I think it just turns. Um, <laughs> galloping into talking about being able to add, trotting, mm, uh, adding more educational content. I feel where a lot of us with the educational content aspect, you know, people will just ask for refunds out of nowhere. And so you wanna make sure that like, you're not just ripping off somebody else's Terms and conditions, because like you bought a course or like somehow you Googled their courses. You want to be able to actually make sure that something that is enforceable and just reminding people, it's like, look, you you signed this. I know that we had an incident where um, and this is extremely rare, but like somebody had requested a refund like seven or eight months later, and it's just like you, you missed the scope and you signed this contract. Like. You can't like go and return a shirt to Kohl's that you got like eight years ago and expect right. your money back. So I really do love that, guys. I think that's a lesson for everybody. Get confident and make sure you've got good contracts. And we're going to have that definitely down below here.
2: Yes, for sure. Such a good lesson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Because yeah. then like you don't have to be that man until like, you, you signed it. or I love that. Okay, it's going to cost this because it's not in the scope. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I exactly. like, love to hear, And like I said, this, whole interview is actually inspired from one of their uh, Q and Cakes, which I'll say that a million times over because I think that that's just so cute episode. Um, Say that we are a creative. Like I said, maybe they're somebody that, is you know selling things on Etsy. Maybe they have their own shop. Maybe they're a calligrapher, like I know you guys do, and watercoloring all of that. And they decided they want to add that educational piece because you know, everyone over here in Caitland is like, you need a course, you need a how-to digital product, be an infopreneur. So when you are getting approached with this, like, what is one of the first things that you kind of go over with people when it comes to actually creating a digital product? you mean when
2: people in our community kind of ask
0: about it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is like, we haven't, (laughs) we haven't educated our community a ton on how to make like their own digital products, mainly because they're like coming for us for business advice more than educational advice. But we have, Mm -hmm. we have had a couple people now for sure that are starting to think about doing that. Um, We just also know that there's a gazillion resources out there already for like great course building and educational content. So a lot of times we'll refer them to in another direction. But our biggest thing that we tell people is you don't need an entirely separate brand or separate website, whatever it may be. Like you can still continue to advertise your services, your products, whatever it may be. While also building in the educational content. Cause I think people get like panicky at first and they're like, Oh, I need to split this up. They need to be like two entirely different things because Cammy and I did educational stuff within Eliza Ann Calligraphy and Cammy Monet independently, like a long time before we kind of purposely pushed everything to Biz Birthday Bash because we're like, okay, this makes sense now. And so like one of the contract templates I used to have on my website is like on Biz Birthday Bash now, like we bought my own template for myself, if that makes any sense. (laughs) So it's like over time, like that merge happened for us because we were being really intentional about it. But there are people who educate all the time who have a link on their website that's like learn or resources, or maybe it's a specific like email list or download that, you know, puts them then through a funnel to buy a certain product. Um, So a lot of people will have, on their website, they might have an email list and it's like for brides and grooms or for couples getting married or an email list for industry people, you know? So it's like, kind of like a pick your own adventure type dealio. Mm -hmm. So that might be like a really long winded answer for what you're kind of asking, but hopefully that, that covers some of it anyways.
0: I don't think that it was that long winded at all. So (laughs) I think that the biggest thing, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone that is a calligrapher, maybe like I'm making like really pretty, it was one of your other podcast guests, that was making like really pretty, like wooden signs and things of that nature. Are anybody like coming at you and they're afraid like, oh, if I teach them calligraphy, then they're not gonna hire me and now I'm like shooting myself in the foot? Type of scenario.
1: Yeah. I think people get really afraid of that. Like they're like, what I teach them, that no one's going to buy it from me. And I'm like, listen, when you're teaching people, you're positioning yourself as the expert and your clients are going to be like, Oh, I want to buy from her. She's teaching other people. She must be the best. So and it, honestly, this market is already pretty saturated anyway. And I'm also a little little side note here. I feel like half the time when people buy courses, they don't actually use them.
0: So. <gasps> oh no, can't I we. know, I it's said it. The dark underside. I
1: know, I said it, you guys. So that's another <laughs> thing where you can feel a little little easier about selling your stuff. But um, still, even if you're selling like your techniques and your tips, no one is ever going to be able to replicate your exact style because that's just something that comes from within and is not like replicable. Is that did I say that right? Because uh-huh. like okay. Um, so don't be afraid of that. Um, there's plenty of room for everyone at the table. That's something we always teach. Um, and just sharing your skills only makes this industry stronger. So if we're all lifting each other up by like having these courses and having these lessons and teaching others how to do it, the industry is going to get better, especially when things like pricing and policies, because so many of that, the times, you know, we see calligraphers or stationers or whoever getting pricing from like random people on Etsy who are like, why is this 50 cents? I guess I better charge that. And it's like, if we're open about like why we charge the way we do and what industry standards are, instead of being secretive about it, it's going to bring us all up as um, overall.
0: I think that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I really liked how you said that it actually positioned you as an expert. And of course my brain was like, oh, if they have like a digital product, that's like a how to do this or how to do this style. Now they could even sort of push up their prices on the done for you things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just you're just like, like adding um, more value to your own services by being like, yeah, I actually teach this. So I'm an expert. Like I know, um, you know, we teach things and we sell things and my clients are always like, oh, I saw that you have this podcast episode about that. That's so cool that you like teach others that like, they feel like they're in really good hands. So like who you're selling your course to is one whole thing, but your clients who you're actually selling your products to are going to see that as like a leverage point um, for you.
2: Yeah. And very rarely do they overlap. I think people Mm -hmm. don't necessarily realize that, right? Like someone who's going to come to you to buy your product because they want it for their mom or sister, dad, whoever, like they're not coming to you to learn how to do it themselves. Most of the time, like a DIYer is, A set out to DIY from the start and is already going down that path, and someone who's set out to purchase and buy a product is already set on that path as well. And so I feel like those actually don't those don't like cross over a ton. Like if somebody wants one of like Cammie's watercolor portraits, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, it's going to be so much easier for me to just like learn this on my own and paint my own (laughs) instead of hiring her. So I think people I think people forget about that, and I always just say like. Think of like the numbers, you know, the people in this world. There's 7 billion people in this world. I think 380 million at least are in the USA. So when you really like break it down and think about it, I mean, you should never be afraid that somebody's going to like take that and cut into your market. Cause like Cami said, only you can be you, only you can sell your product the way you're selling it. And at the end of the day, when you have like 5, 10, 15 years of experience, someone who's starting at ground zero has another 5, 10, 15 years to go before they would even be able to like replicate where you already are, if that makes sense. Cause everyone's path is so different and varied and style is different. And
1: And I, I will say too, like, um, since we've, we've done been doing education for years now, Um, I feel like it's helped me streamline my own business process and like lay out things more succinctly because I'm like, okay, if I'm going to teach someone this, I need to figure out what my process actually is. And just looking at it with like an outside perspective and like a really like, okay, let's go in and tweak things. Like, how can this be better? How can I teach someone how to make this better? I did this. What are some other ways? So it just causes you to have like this um, kind of bird's eye view perspective over your entire business as well, which is really beneficial. Like I know I've improved my own stuff by the things that I teach other people. And I'm like, I'm telling them to do that. why don't I actually do it? (laughs) No, it only benefits you. That's a little random benefit for you.
0: (laughs) No, well, and this is why I need to have them on the show because I'm like, Cammie read my mind because one, we're gonna talk about copycats towards the end because everyone always wonders about that in the education space. So we'll definitely gonna tackle that. But it was the biggest thing of how do they actually find time to not only create this product and manage their clients, but also because it's two separate audiences, they're now going to have to grow two separate audiences. So before somebody actually sits down to create the course, like, How I, when I went from services to courses, I did like the wrong thing, just like burn the bridges and was just like, Oh, all my clients are gone. Yay. Now I'm going to do this now. But like, what do you advise if anything, especially for the creatives because of the deadlines, I know in the wedding industry, like it's banana pants, you guys have had like the worst (laughs) couple of years lately. So it's crazy, but what would you tell them to have in place first, if anything, before they decide to add that, that learn tab on their, their website? Email marketing is tough, from figuring out what freebie to create to actually getting people there, signing it up, and never mind when it comes time to send that weekly newsletter, having the nerve to go ahead and hit send. You know what shouldn't be tough? Figuring out how to do all of those stuff in your email service provider. Which is why I want you to check out ConvertKit. ConvertKit is the only email marketing software that was created by a pro blogger for pro bloggers. And they make it ridiculously easy to find out what your open rates are, have multiple freebies, but only send your welcome series once so you don't seem like a weirdo. And of course, guys, they come with stunning free landing pages. And guess what? As a listener of Inbox Besties, you can actually get a free 30-day trial to take a look under the hood to see how much easier it is than your current email software is. So head on over to katedoster.com forward slash CK to claim your free 30-day trial of ConvertKit. Once again, head on over to katedoster.com forward slash CK and claim your 30-day free trial now
1: with us it was literally just like a oh we accidentally made this whole education side so because yeah. we did that i feel like i can look back now and say that we did some things right and some things wrong but it all kind of worked out so um, so one of the things i would say before you even like decide to put a learn tab is just like start seeing if there's like an interest there and if you do have an actual genuinely different perspective to bring and that you're not just like regurgitating what you heard someone else say and being like oh I heard someone else say this so now I'm going to teach it over here and it's my thing because that's not your own perspective on it so just simply by doing some Instagram stories and be like hey here's what I'm doing and like like here's how I do my um a process for booking clients my inquiry process and walk through it on Instagram stories because one they disappear in 24 hours but it's also a great way to gauge interest to see if your audience is even kind of there. Um, so be like, if you want more info, like swipe up to join my um, email list, I'm gonna send out you know a freebie about whatever. So obviously having those stories in place and then the secondary part would be you know, creating that email list. So you can start like having them join there. But I would just start with just the stories at first, just to like kind of get a feeler for it. But that's like my thing with anything, test it out, test the waters before you dive in hardcore. Um, so doing that with your audience is just like get them warmed up to you even like teaching them showing them things and if they're like yeah I love this this is super helpful that gives you like that validation that it's ready you, you can move forward with you know really pinpointing what you want to do.
2: Yeah I would say that's a great a great place to start for sure when you're just starting to think of all those things because we did have a girl inside our Facebook group ask like hey, I'm thinking about doing a course for my watercolor art. What platform should I use? Where do I start? And my first question was, do you have an audience? (laughs) Mm. Like, don't jump towards the logistics side before people are engaged with you in that manner to make sure that's what they want. And uh, that's one of those things that I actually realized because I used to do a lot of like signage and wood signs back in the day when I was first involved in the wedding industry. This is like circa really like 2016, 2017. And and I would get questions on my posts all the time. Like, where'd you get that wood? What paint pen are you using? Yada, yada, yada. Like (laughs) if you're getting all of those questions. Like clearly Mm -hmm. there's a niche for you there. You just have to decide if you want to travel down it because some people don't want to do education and they don't want to share any secrets and that's okay too. So I would say, yeah, evaluate your audience is the biggest biggest place to start. Um, And if you haven't, like Cami was kind of saying, like if you're not getting people asking questions on your posts right now, then start sharing things in stories where you're like giving for free because that's where people will really start to interact with you and ask questions back. Like, oh, can you clarify what you did there, or where did you get those clipboards for your organization system on your wall? Things. Mm -hmm things like that, that will create that natural engagement. So you can see in your audience who, you know, who might want to learn from you.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that because I'm sure the most people are like, it is exhausting trying to find people that are going to buy my stationery. And then I have to go find people that want to learn about making parts of stationery, learning how to do watercolors or learning how to do anything. So I love that about really focusing on growing that core audience of people who would be your ideal buyers for the done for you but integrating those behind the scenes or just like you said pay attention where'd you get the wood where'd you get all that it's like Mm -hmm. yeah you've got all those amazon links but it's like maybe you throw together and i think this is something you guys also preach it like the education part doesn't have to be like gajillion dollar courses right it can be something and i would love to hear what you have to say about um, pricing when it comes to these sorts of things because so I know that question's gonna get asked and I know that I can see you light off. You're like, yes, I love talking about pricing because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you can send everyone to get the Amazon links. I mean, I don't know if you can buy wood on Amazon, probably now at this point, and just like get your Posca pens. But it's like you could also I'm thinking to myself like you could also have like a twenty four dollar course that like goes over how to use it a little bit you know, you get the $24 and then like you make the cool dollar from Amazon. So yeah, I'd love to hear all about like pricing and like what you guys tell for people. It's so exciting. Yeah. uh, We
2: love the psychology of pricing. Absolutely love it. And there's a really big, um, I don't know, like one of the biggest psychology principles that we use is we use a lot of sevens and nines in our pricing. So there's something that like draws people to that, but in terms of like the type of product you're creating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can definitely do a $24 course. You could also do a $24 like PDF download, you know? And Mm -hmm. so in, in my head, like the first hundred dollars is normally some sort of, um, what's the, what's the word that I'm trying to think of
0: or like oh, the easiest offers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: And not, but it's normally what I call like stagnant. So it's not necessarily like super involved, right? Like it could be a PDF download with some links to some videos to watch. Like Mm. it's relatively simple, relatively straightforward. And then I start thinking about like Mm. memberships and things like that tend to to be up uh, in above a hundred dollars a year. I'm just like, this is just like a very basic breakdown for anyone who's even just thinking about it and is overwhelmed because of course there's going to be like all sorts of like fluidity here and there with how people price their stuff so so like here's here's a couple examples specifically from biz birthday bash like our business sense for creatives our bundle is $97. So that's like a really easy buy, right? Because it's just under 100. Same with our USPS mailing agreement, which is kind of like an additional add on to the other one, a little a little smaller, shorter document also under 100. Our membership is 147 a year. So that's renewal. We don't do month to month. Um, That's really hard because then every month you're dealing with like the turnover of people canceling.
0: I love that making it an annual membership. Keep going. This is all, all yes. fantastic. Yeah.
2: And that's like the only choice that they have. And then um, we have some things like we've done in the past, like summits or our stationers contract. Those are going to start at like high 200s and go up from there. So like our custom stationary contract right now is 297. Um, mm. It used to be like 227. And I think we raised it at some point because we're like, all right, a bunch of people have bought it. We need to yeah. raise the price Time. of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then once you're doing like online summit, um, type things or like courses that are going to be multiple hours of content, that's where I'm like, you need to be doing like high two hundreds above. Um, and then some people have these huge, like coaching course membership type, a little bit of everything that's like nine ninety seven, Right. So then you're like starting to like push a thousand. Um, but Cammy and I have not offered any products that, push the thousand dollar range because quite honestly like I don't know if our audience would be there for it I don't know
1: what do you think we kind of positioned ourselves as like approachable affordable you're always going to get your money's worth like if you spend money with us you're going to get like bank for it like it's going to be super super worth it and we also know that we are our audience is mostly that like Um, kind of beginner mid-range stationary designers. Like they're Mm -hmm. not the people who have been in the industry for 20 years. Like they're kind of like trying to figure it all out. So we want to be like, let's give you a big hand and grab you up like, come on over with us and we'll take you to like the next level. And then from there, it's like, there's way more expensive things, but we've kind of positioned ourselves as that. I think it's been really, really beneficial for us. Another thing we really try to do is we try to give away a lot of really good information for free because it Mm -hmm. makes it, so much easier for when someone buys from us or like, if they're saying all this awesome stuff for free, can you imagine how much good stuff's going to be in their paid stuff? So honestly, I feel like no matter what we price it at, like they're going to buy it (laughs) um, at this point. So, I mean, that's just a little like marketing tip for you. It's just like giving away that good stuff for free where they, they trust us so much. They trust you. Um, it's just going to make it so much easier for them to click add to cart or buy no matter what you're selling.
2: Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, like you're buying from a person, like people know that they're buying from Mm -hmm. us. Right. And they know how we sound and how we talk and the jokes that we make, because a lot of these people are listening to the Biz Birthday Bash podcast. So we actually started the podcast at the beginning of 2019, which was like basically a year and a half a little more than that after we had done our first like our very first biz birthday bash so it took us a while to get to the point to start a podcast because guess what Kate everyone (laughs) and their mom was asking for it everyone (laughs) all the time when are you doing a podcast When are you doing a podcast when are you doing it was, and then podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's your podcast. <laughs> and that
1: that for us was like um like that natural shift. Where we're like, oh, okay, it's time to like actually make this a separate thing from our own businesses. Like we have somewhere to push people, and like it's just gonna become its own little separate thing. So it did take time to get there. We weren't just like, and hey, we created a brand. Here you go. People were like, what's going on? Like they knew who <laughs> we were <laughs> separately yeah. at first uh, before we like started our whole shenanigans with this birthday bash. So like I said, Mm -hmm. it was all very organic, um, which it was like slower growth. And I know people don't like to hear that, but I feel like it works really well.
0: (laughs) I think so too, especially again, it's not like these are the only business and it's not like the educational portion is the only facet. Like you guys are doing other things as well. And I think that that's the biggest thing when people are trying to add that multiple streams of income It's like, well, where do I focus on? Or like what ball has to get dropped? And so I really like the modality that you guys have. And we'll ask one more question. And then I know that we went over on our time. I could talk to you guys forever about everything. (laughs) Um, So I love how you talked about having a membership model as opposed to something that's one-off. Is there anything in particular, I know it's not one size fits all, but like things that you recommend that, Um, you know artists creatives like that they offer to people like is it deliverable like oh once a month they're gonna get a new lesson about something or is like a template like what do you recommend for like a release schedule if that makes sense
2: yeah so our membership is like truly one of a kind because we we were basically looking at our industry and asking what's missing? Like, what are people wanting all the time? What are people bothering each other about in DMs? (laughs) And at the end of the day, the biggest thing was like, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Like why, like, what are people being obnoxious about? What are people complaining about? Right? Like they're like, oh my God, so-and-so won't leave me alone about this. And at the end of the day, it was print vendors for us. Um, Where do I produce my work? Where do I print greeting cards? Custom note books, zipper pouches. Like we have Mm -hmm. our entire directories, the A to Z, um, the A to Z directory is a whole list of where you can produce your goods. And so we don't have like a monthly release model, believe it or not, but we do offer a live like coaching power hour, essentially every month in our Facebook group where people can hop in and ask us any questions they want. So they're basically getting like the live version of a Q and cake, right? Because it's very involved. They're right there. We're also very present in our Facebook group. So it's like, when you ask a question, we're going to show up and answer along with the community of amazing people. So we're more selling like we're selling like a resource list and an amazing community. I don't know how people do it when they're dropping like a new piece of content every month. That does seem very stressful to me. (laughs) And so like Kami and I have been able to build Biz Birthday Bash in a way that over the years, it's become like a little more hands-off or self-sufficient. And I think that's kind of like been our goal in the long run. So kudos to you guys who are offering something new every month. Like we do know people out there who do it. And I think they have a running calendar of like, probably it's like 15 to 20 minute video on a certain subject or something, you know, something along those lines where they have a content calendar, but. Any thoughts to add to that, Cami? I just yeah. feel like ours is a, such a unicorn. <laughs> ours is a baby unicorn. I love it. Um. So the thing with us
1: too, like I, with a membership, before we even added it, I was like, what are what's going to get people to stay? Like that was a question we asked. We're like, okay, people will join, mm-hmm. but what's going to get them to stay there? Like, why would they not just like take what they need from the list and 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 piece out, you know, after their they pay their first year or whatever? And honestly, we have very very low like. I hate the word churn rate or whatever, but we have yeah. very low of that. Like, honestly, we have like 600 and something members and we get like four or five cancellations a year, or I mean, not even, uh, not very many at all. Probably.
2: Today. Yeah. Probably four or five, like a month. Oh, I was thinking a year. <laughs> Never mind. Um, a month.
1: I I even then, that that like
0: That's still oh. like a really like low turn rate. Cause I think what most people are looking at, like, 30 or something like 30% a month. And you guys are like 1%. Yeah.
2: Yeah, We're like underneath 5% for sure, which is just, it's it's kind of mind blowing,
0: very doable. So do people, I guess, have an expectation of like, Oh, if I post in the Facebook group that one of you guys is going to like answer them like immediately, or do they just know like, Oh, like the community is there. And then like, you know, once a month that you guys are there too. Like, yeah. So
1: here's the deal. Like, Like they want to, like they want to stay in the group because our community really is like awesome sauce. Like that's why it's like, it's almost hands-off for us because someone will ask a question in there and then they'll get like a ton of responses. Like everyone in the community is great. And so people are like, oh, well, why would I want to leave this? I'm like leaving this whole group of friends who are genuinely helpful and engaging. And we answer questions in there as well. It's not just like we're in there once a month. We're in there like every day answering stuff. Um, But if, like if you left the group, it would feel like you're breaking up with someone. Like, I think that's why we position it so well. Cause it'd be like, Oh, well now I'm leaving the friend group. You get FOMO. And like, it really is this awesome, like keep people around because you don't want to miss what's going on in the group. What's happening with everyone. Like it's this awesome community that has led them to stick around. So obviously we have the amazing draw of yes you get all the print vendors we use and all these resources and all that but it's more than just like a static list it's an actual community that has like feelings and hearts and friends attached (laughs) to it and people just really love that (laughs) so we have definitely hit a sweet spot with both things that are like incredibly useful but also like incredibly fulfilling at the same time so that just keeps people around even if they're like yeah i already have all my printers but i'm gonna stick around because i just love the community so much
2: and i would say for anyone listening like create the product or the membership that you would want. Like the product or the membership that you see that there's this big gap because Cami and I like to call it our JK rolling magic. Like we started this membership, like before people, you know, like the Amy Porterfields or whoever yeah. of the world really started like saying like a membership is the way membership is the way build a membership. <laughs> like we kind uh-huh. of like did that. Like accidentally and we call it like our jk rolling magic because we're like oh it worked out really well and we didn't even like, everything mean- we've done is an accident <laughs> <So>. it's like <laughs> this like beautiful wonderful accident but the reason it worked is because we built what we would have wanted and we literally we use our own product i log into the directory all the time to be like i wonder what we put under apparel or t-shirts you know like i'm going to take like a quick look to see what i can find in there or stickers like whatever it may be like we use our own resource we love our own resource And I think people genuinely know that too. Um, We've had people join who were like, I didn't even need the directory itself. I just joined to be part of the Facebook group because I've like heard how much people love it. So it has been fun. It has been a wild ride for sure. Um, But yeah, memberships are great. We went with the yearly model at 147 a year. Um, and a lot of people are like, that's like really low, but we still get people who cancel and say that price is a problem for them. So we really, we have kind of kept it in that, in that area to be very intentional to cater towards a lot of people who are just trying to get their foot in the door. And when they spread their wings and fly and they don't need us anymore, like that's totally okay too.
0: I love it. Like I said, oh, there's just, there's so many things that are just so smart about everything. And like you said, I really like that annual model. Again, it's not like it's a gajillion dollars and it's the things that you want and the things that you guys actually feel fun about. So I have one more question because I did say earlier that I would ask it. And so I want to say true to my word. And then you guys can give us any parting words. Cause I, I know we went over, but when you say maybe you're not necessarily doing a membership model where there's like a lot of community behind it but like you're actually like teaching like a technique like you know what for when you were doing calligraphy more so like you're teaching people how to do that how do you deal with like that copycat syndrome or like is it like people are going to like jack your style and then they're going to go like outsell you and like steal like your own customers or even both now they're gonna like jack your course content. And then like, all of a sudden now they're like a calligraphy course person. So how do we deal with some copycats or how do you help clients deal with that?
2: Kami, do you wanna start on this one? Um,
1: sure, actually, can I, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. So I'm so sorry, hold on you guys. it's okay. <laughs> can, I, I, can you edit that out? I'm so sorry, I'm like dying for you.
0: One it's second, go, 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 go. You're allowed to be an adult. <laughs>
2: How she has she to pee constantly. So <laughs> I do not take a road trip with her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I know we're gonna, going to go into all, I'm going to end up spending my life savings on Lose lemon because I'll have no friend being like, no, that's too expensive. We should stop. <laughs> I know. I like, she got me hooked on it too. It's bad. <laughs> like, oh, But that membership idea is so clever. Yeah, it's like I like the annual membership model.
2: Yeah, the annual, and you would never kind of expect it being in that like 100 to 200 range, you know, because it's like I think everyone's trying to do something that's like $35 a month. That I'm like, our people aren't going to spend $35
0: a month. Like, we just like know
2: our audience, I feel like. So, and we <laughs> know them
0: well. I think that it's just so smart because. I think you're correct. Like, I don't know if 197, like people, they might do a one-off one, but like Mm -hmm. if they stay for a couple of years, like, why not? Like it's, it's just smart on every level. I think more, more people need to be thinking about that.
2: (laughs) And we have like an affiliate program too. So if they refer friends, they get like a kickback kickback, which is awesome. It's so smart.
0: All right. So I'll ask the question again about okay. like copycats My and all that. And then you guys can have your reporting words. Obviously make sure and we'll put links to everything. And okay. yeah, you guys know how it goes. So I could talk to you guys forever. And I definitely know that we'll probably not having you guys back in the show. Hit me up on Instagram guys, Kate underscore Doster to let us know like what you would like them to come back and talk about because we could talk forever. But I did say earlier that I would ask about how you either help your clients or even you yourself when you've created these educational courses on how to do a style of calligraphy or having to do paint either having to worry about people jacking like your style and then like turning around and like stealing like your actual like one-to-one customers or I don't want to say even worse I feel like both of them are pretty bad um but being like all of a sudden like oh I'm a calligraphy teacher and it's just like oh you know when when your students are coming up to you and they're like Um, so Cami, I noticed in your, how to like paint a horse course that like, there's another one that's called the horse course. And she like does the exact same thing as you. So like, how do you help people, I guess, in both of those situations or what would just be some general advice you would have about copycats? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Oh, first of all, I'm going to make a horse course because that's just too much for me to handle right now. Our first tip, we've talked about copying, copying things, but in a different sense, like actually, like copying your work. Um, But our first, you know, kind of thing is always just like reach out directly and be like, "Hey, I noticed that you have a horse course. I also, I also have a horse course. Like, what's going on here? (laughs) Like, I started this on this. Like, I would kindly ask that you would cease and desist, and then." sometimes they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I can't believe that. Like I didn't mean to, I didn't know that kind of thing. And it ends just fine. And other times you might need to take like that legal action. And we do have a couple of lawyers that we recommend like Andrea Sager or, um, who's our other lawyer friend, Elizabeth, that we love.
2: I don't remember.
1: I don't know. Someone else on the podcast. I'm so sorry. I forgot your name, but anyway, (laughs) we always recommend just starting off with like a touching base. First of all, like What's going on here? What's the deal? Um, create great that like human connection before you just like come in guns blazing because a lot of times people truly just don't know which we think everyone should know copying is not okay but truly they don't know
2: sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, let me like back up and talk about like the precursor part of this question like just like the fear factor because I think people do get held up from making content because they're like it could result in somebody ripping me off. And to that, I say, like, you kind of have to get over it. (laughs) I love it. So you kind of have to get over it. And then like, if something egregious does happen, then you will deal with it accordingly. Um, however, that's why there's a lot of great um, terms and agreements and things that you can have for course content just to be like, look, this can't be taken and be replicated. But at the same time, you know, if I make a course about wood signs and a couple years down the road, like someone had taken my course and then they gain all their own experience and they do their own twist on a course, I mean there's probably not much I'm going to do about that, but that's, that's always been like my personal opinion and philosophy and like view of the world in general. Um, not to say like, go ahead and steal it and take it. It's just like
0: (laughs) running a town.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like for, for example, like there's a lot of people in our industry who talk about like, wholesale markets right and just because you take like lessons or classes or courses from one person doesn't mean that you also aren't building your own experience and knowledge base from being in it in the day to day so it's like you can't be i guess you like can't be prevented from eventually sharing that like knowledge and expertise you've gained right there's a difference between like piecemealing someone's stuff and regurgitating it versus genuinely teaching off of like what you've learned and maybe you had an educational resource that was like kind of part of that along the way yeah but I don't know like number one thing is at the end of the day like your profits will (laughs) outweigh it so much if you do like a course in educational stuff correctly that like the idea of like Joe Schmo over here like ripping something (laughs) off like it just really shouldn't I don't know. It just like, shouldn't worry you. That's my philosophy on it. Yeah. Um, And
1: like two other things too, with that, like if Joe Schmo is making his horse course, like there are some basic fundamentals about horses that are probably going to be in both courses that are just like horses have four legs. Like that is a, That was actually sound like a perfect nay, I will say. Um, So so those are just some things that are just like fact or industry standard or whatever. Like, you know, those things exist and they're going to be in both probably. But also we always have to say too, if you are like weird enough, no one can copy you because we Mm -hmm. have weird things we come up with and weird sayings and phrases and analogies. And if someone copied them, you would be like, you heard that from Cammy and Elizabeth, didn't you? <laughs> yeah.
0: So I will say They, they know where those hashtags are coming kind from. Of- and yeah. that's our friends guys. That's why immediately after our interview, like, do we just become best friends? Yes. Yeah. Like liking big butts and like making all these sexual innuendos on their podcast. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Like if somebody starts talking about the cervix lot principle, everyone's gonna be like, You heard it from Kate. But yeah, like if creating you- a freebie oh, that solves a problem is very common lingo, y'all. <laughs> yes.
1: That's that's exactly the thing. Like and when you're just like, Oh, it's you know, we'll teach you how to paint a flower. But if you're like, I'm gonna teach you how to bazinga this ninja flower, like a ninja flower is something I teach, like no one else ta- talks about that. you don't even know. It's crazy. So if you actually come up with your own unique spin on things. No one can copy you and get away with it because the mob will come out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like I said, I really do love about how this can be something supplementary. It's just, as you are taking care of your clients, it's remembering to showcase your work. It's remembering to do behind the scenes. I love the idea of, you know, not even like beta launching to your list, but literally just start with Instagram stories, start with reels, see what's actually getting people to respond and like go from there. I think that is so smart. So I know everyone, especially our makers, because we do have some that come in that aren't just necessarily info based. Where can Mm -hmm. people hang out with you more? And even if they're not, y'all need to still hang out with them because they're fantastic.
2: Yeah. I mean, the main place that you can find us is at Biz Birthday Bash on Instagram. So we have a ton of links in our profile over there or bizbirthdaybash.com. And if you want to be part of our membership, that's bizbirthdaybash.com directory. So that is where you would find us if you want to join that community of awesome paper people. That's kind of what we call them. They span <laughs> all sorts of different industries, but they mainly have like paper in common in one way or another. Um, and then individually, I'm at Eliza Ann Calligraphy on Instagram, and Cammie? I'm at Cammie Monet. And then of course, every Tuesday, we have a new podcast episode,
1: the Biz Birthday Bash podcast. So we're on like every single platform because we're that cool. So if you want to come hang out with us on Tuesdays, that's that's also a great place to find us and then we'll tell you all the other places at the end of that podcast too so <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> well we'll make sure to have all of those links in the show notes again thank you guys so much like I said I have a slight feeling you'll be seeing me pop into your inbox and be like oh like would you come talk about this now so mm-hmm. thank you guys so much so yes. we officially inbox
1: besties now yay <laughs> <laughs>